know the why human trafficking work is needed to fight for the freedom of modern day slaves. But love, passion, commitment isn't all you need to be an effective and successful anti-trafficking advocate. Learn the how. I'm Dr. Celia Williamson, Director of the Human Trafficking and Social Justice Institute at the University of Toledo. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation podcast, where I'll provide you with the latest and best methods, policy, and practice discussed by experienced experts in the field so that you can cut through the noise, save time, and be about the work of saving lives. Today we have David Corliss, and he's the founder and director of PeaceWork. And PeaceWork is a volunteer cooperative organization of statisticians. And they're an NGO, and they actually put their science in service to help other people like nonprofit organizations and issue-driven advocacy is what they do. And so I know David has been involved in the anti-trafficking work uh, that's been going on. And so this is a really interesting episode because I know a lot of you out there do the work, but people like him can bring the statistical information that you need to really make your case and really understand the issue better, get funding, anything that you're trying to do. He actually holds a PhD from the University of Toledo in, get this, statistical astrophysics. I'm not even sure if I can spell all that, but that's what he does. So welcome, David. I'm so happy you could be with us. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be on the podcast. I, I follow it, greatly enjoy it, learn a lot from it. Delighted to be a part of it. This is so awesome. So tell me what exactly you do and maybe maybe give us the example of what you did mm-hmm. with Habitat for Humanity. Sure. PeaceWork is a volunteer cooperative. So the business model we have is like a, a doctor working in a charity clinic one day a month or the lawyer taking a pro bono case. We're full-time professionals and this is our community service work. And we're able to work as professionals in statistics and mathematical science, data science. You know, I volunteered for Habitat for Humanity for many years, helping build houses, work my way through school the first time, banging nails as a carpenter. And so I volunteered for Habitat. But one day I had a conversation with some people at work that I knew through Habitat, but I knew them through work. And I was doing uh, marketing investigations. They asked if I could help, and I volunteered then for Habitat as a statistician. I did a statistical analysis, analyzed the communities that they have in their particular area, and said, oh, these were really good places to go look for more donors. These are really good places to look for more volunteers. It's a marketing study. It was just done on the side for free, and it was a big help to their organization. So it's scientists using their science as part of their community service. That is awesome because I think the partnership that you potentially bring to the table can help organizations that struggle. So do you know in what ways could organizations use services like you offer? There's a few different ways. One we just mentioned, uh, the technical term will be operations research, how you make your organization work better. That might be finding more donors, that might be finding more volunteers or analyzing throughput of money or in case of human trafficking, supporting victims. How can you become more efficient and more effective with resources are always scarce? 
Another way we uh, work is in on the administrative side, in advocacy, on policy. Uh, we comment on legislation, um, working with and slavery Cincinnati, commenting on legislation before the uh, Ohio State Legislature at this time. And so in, in that way, we can make a contribution. We can look at the different proposals that have been made and the different government practices, analyze them, and find out which ones are going to be most effective or which ones are going to have the, the biggest impact in improving the situation in fighting human trafficking. For example, in the state of Ohio, one of the things that the people are, are working on and that it could use a little help is strengthening safe harbor laws. Another mm -hmm. thing that's been effective, it could be expanded, is more training programs and even mandating training for responders, medical emergency room workers, perhaps look into this for um, school teachers, uh, especially at the high school and junior high school level. There's training available, but without the requirement, there very often aren't funds available and time for first responders and teachers, medical workers to get that training. Uh, and so that's one little way where some improvements can be made. We can mm -hmm. do statistical analysis to find out what's most effective and then go by state by state to make individualized recommendations. Another way is just basic scientific research. It's the sort of thing you see in a medical study. These are the things that we find are important drivers of human trafficking. For example, one of the, in the case of human trafficking, one of the important drivers is not only homelessness, but especially people who have recently become homeless. Mm -hmm. That's something that we've been able to pinpoint as a driver. And so we can let organizations know that now it turns out that the traffickers, they already know this. They know how to find the victims, but we can teach people who are have boots on the ground fighting to stop human trafficking, fighting the traffickers, fighting the demand, partnering with the police, working in law enforcement themselves. We can identify the risk factors so we can attack this problem in the most effective way. Another way we can help is directly supporting organizations. A lot of this is compiling summary statistics and helping with grant applications. So you obviously want to know that you want to demonstrate how well your program works, that volunteer statisticians can help with that. We can look at the number of people you've, comment, you've contacted, uh, look at uh, the, the different resources you have, not only make recommendations to see if things can be improved, but also in the grant applications, we can summarize that, present that in an effective manner. This is what data scientists do. And we can help you make that case to get that grant. Yeah, I could see people banging down your door to get to you at this point. So <laughs> because that is exactly the type of stuff that people who are involved in the work, maybe they're involved in direct service, maybe they're, they're program planners, maybe they're supervisors, everybody's busy trying to, you know, lift their end of the couch. Mm -hmm. And they just don't have mm -hmm. the luxury to have a nice statistical package or a really good evaluation that they can go back and tell their funder, hey, we need more money mm -hmm. because look at how successful we've been because they don't yeah. even have enough time to outline the success and put it in a package mm -hmm. to get more money. So I could see services like yours being very, very valuable. Why would you do that? And why would other people do that for free? Actually, it's a very, very widespread movement in, in the data science community. You know, for example, I publish a monthly column 
on this kind of thing, generically, not just human trafficking, but for any organization, the catchphrase you'll see in a lot of places is data for good. Mm. So we're involved in data for good. I publish a monthly column on that for the American Statistical Association and the monthly magazine called MSTAT News. This is a very, very widespread movement that's getting stronger every day. And really, it's about community service. You know, there are folks who are going to volunteer at their kids' school. There are folks who are going to work at the community center. Folks who are going to volunteer at, at the homeless shelter. Folks in so many of the human trafficking organizations, it's not their full-time job. They're volunteering to make a real impact in these people's lives. For a lot of folks are doing this, just as we do, part-time on the side. Well, for all of these people in the Data for Good movement, some are working in it full-time. In my particular organization, people are just doing community service. You know, people are volunteer to, you know, help out the church or house of worship or singing the choir or, you know, working in the soup kitchen or things like that. As data scientists, as statisticians, our science is what we use to make that kind of impact that any professional really wants to do. Hey, I want to break into this interview and I want to tell you about something that we're beginning it's called the Emancipation Nation Network. And it's gonna be a closed community of human trafficking advocates all across the country and around the world that can come in, share assessment tools, screening tools, different types of organizations, programs, come into the community, meet people, network. We're gonna be offering free workshops, paid workshops, we're gonna be offering whole courses that you'd be interested in that are all focused on human trafficking advocacy and social justice work. We have courses like how to do great street outreach. We have courses on case management. We have courses on prevention curricula. We have courses on uh, being prepared to get your PhD if that's your next step in life. So stay tuned because we're going to bring you more information about this Emancipation Nation Network, you'll be able to download an app on your phone. We are also going to have, every Tuesday evening, the podcast after party. So the podcast, as you know, comes out Tuesday mornings. And Tuesday evenings, 7 p.m. EST time, we will be having the person that was on the podcast into a room for you to ask them the questions that I didn't ask them. So for instance, one of our first guests will likely be David Corliss. Come inside the room, ask him questions about your organization, maybe get hooked up with one of the people of his organization called Data for Good across the U.S. So stay tuned, more information coming. How widespread is your organization? How many, is it just in Ohio and can you do things to help folks virtually or do you have to do it in person? Most of our work is virtual. We're all across the country with human trafficking. You know, I'm talking to you know different organizations across the country. Uh, for example, I use Polaris information that they're able to make public, the summary statistics, how many victims of what type by state. I've never been to their offices in Washington, D.C. In my day job, working as a lead of data science team in the automotive industry, it's a global industry, and it trains you to work virtually. Um, it's not all in one place. We're all over the country. Uh, support organizations in in many ways in many places awesome i we we all have to get on the virtual team i mean that's how work is done these days not all face to face right mm -hmm. so now yeah. i know you come from a long line of social reformers so tell us a little bit about 
your history. As you said, I come from a long line of social reformers. I've had relatives who were you know, involved in the Underground Railroad, um, important voices against slavery back in the 1900s, even earlier, some of the uh, 1700s. That, that tradition of concern has continued. When we look at the idea of slavery being abolished once upon a time, well, of course it was criminalized, but it was never abolished. Mm-hmm. Human trafficking is something that keeps changing form, but it never completely goes away. And so we see vestiges of 19th century chattel slavery in wage slavery, in child labor, in sharecropping, in so many different ways. It just seems to get reinvented in each new generation. And there's always been a new generation of people to fight it just as there are today. I've had uh, you know some relatives involved in uh, once upon a time, fight against child labor, especially. Uh, my father's parents met at a temperance meeting. Must have been some sort of you know, big event. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, where, where are you taking your girlfriend? We're going to the temperance meeting. But that's something that people did in the 1920s. My my parents have been involved in uh, the civil rights movement. Especially my dad is a, as a small business owner working to make business places uh, more inclusive. Uh, and equal opportunity for persons of color in a lot of different ways. The, the family's been involved in just sort of something I I grew up with. But honestly, you know, I keep coming back to the whole idea of community service. All of us want to be involved. And this is an area where people in, in science, we can certainly be involved in community service, but use the science as the gift, as a way of making a difference. Wow. I think that's so inspiring. I think it's uplifting, motivational. And I know you've been to our conference and you've been giving back to members in your Mm -hmm. sessions every time that you come. I hope you have something um, up your sleeve for us this year at the conference. Are you planning on submitting an abstract this year? Oh, absolutely. I'm uh, working on developing that now. Uh, One of the things I've been doing a lot lately that at the 2019 conference, I did the statistical analysis of most effective government programs and legislative actions, and that's available on your website. Well, now that I've been doing that a lot, it's led to a lot of opportunities to comment on legislation, to get a wider view of what's happening in different states. And that's what I was going to submit on how to work with the legislature, how to work in advocacy, how to find the research that backed up the claims that you're trying to make and how to take that research and put it into making a difference. I'm a scientist and I seem pretty far removed from the people who are day by day and night after night fighting this menace in the streets. But we can be supportive in some important ways. And one of the things we can do is talk about legislation, give a review of the available legislation, teach terms like safe harbor laws and what does it mean, uh, safe harbor laws are a particular area where many states can get better, can get stronger, and help make a difference. Uh, another area that's been especially effective are police organizations at the state level mm-hmm. who create resources and share them with the individual department. We found that training first responders and, and medical workers are one of the most effective things that people can do. So now that we've identified highly effective practices, How do we turn that information into programs that hit hard on the ground where the trafficking was happening? The abstract I'll be submitting this year, making the connection between the research and action. Yeah, that is awesome. I could see so many different avenues 
for the work that you do, particularly if somebody's doing um, street outreach, for example, and they're just doing that mm -hmm. day in and day out and they're barely surviving. And each year they're not, they aren't sure if their organization is going to survive another year. Getting mm -hmm. information like you have helps them to appeal to funders, helps them speak the talk that funders want to hear. I could see county commissioners or governors in states saying, okay, I've passed the safe harbor law. Mm -hmm. But it's not like the next day everybody wakes up and everybody understands the law. Now you have to go out and you have to market the law and you have to educate people on yeah. the law and they have to follow the law. And so organizations like yours can help state governments or county governments understand who needs to be educated and trained, mapping them out, and then systematically targeting each whether it's the EMTs, the criminal justice professionals, the mm -hmm. social workers, the healthcare providers, yeah. the, each having a timeline and a strategic plan of where we should go, when, who should go. Those are all of the things that you can use statistics yeah. and use people who think in those terms to help you map mm -hmm. out those things. It's endless the kind of service that an organization like yours could provide. Using the science, any large business and, you know, government agencies, you know, any university is going to be analyzing how well those classes are working, how well uh, graduation rates are, or the number of people who get employed shortly after graduating. Any large organization is going to be measuring its effectiveness and finding out, well, we can make this little change and we can make this little tweak and you know, we can work in this place instead of that place. We're bringing the science that large organizations, corporations, and government use to make their actions more effective, and we're bringing it down to that social service level where they're often very small organizations that mm -hmm. you're not going to have staff, statisticians, and things like that. And so it fills that important need. Well, so the million-dollar question is, which could actually bring someone a million dollars <laughs> in grant funding, is how do people get a hold of you? The easiest way to do that is go to our website, peace-work.org. We're an NGO, so we have a .org. Don't forget the hyphen. It's P-E-A-C-E. -E. Uh, and on the website, you can learn about us. We're primarily researchers, but we make that connection be between the research and the advocacy and putting it into action. On the site, you're going to find studies that we've published in the past, including the ones that have been presented at the Toledo International Human Trafficking and Social Justice Conference. And now human trafficking is an important initiative at PeaceWork. There are some others, and I'll touch on them briefly. Uh, we've done some work on homelessness. Of course, there's a lot of intersectionality here. People who are suffering, people who are poor, people who are homeless, people who are trafficked, it's often the same people. And so when we look at the fundamental problems and dysfunctions, social pathologies in our society, that becomes a focus of a lot of PeaceWorks efforts. You're going to find uh, studies on different dimensions of those kinds of things. But human trafficking is probably what we're best known for in our fight against that. And you'll find a, a number of studies on the website. Yeah. Thank you so much, David. You are awesome. I feel like you are bringing jewels to the table and saying here, you know, pick from the jewels that you need. I just have chills. It's amazing what you do. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know people are going to connect with you. I hope people will connect with you Wonderful. so that their organizations get 
stronger and they're able to get funding and they're able to create the stability mm -hmm. and sustainability they want or they're able to better help their community because your people are helping them identify the gaps or develop the pathways mm -hmm. and do the statistics and i think the service that piecework brings is just going to be life transformational for some of these grassroots agencies so thank you so much for your time thank you very very much i'm delighted to be uh, one small part of the podcast if you like this episode of emancipation nation please subscribe and i'll send you the weekly podcast until then the fight continues <laughs>